hey, <laughs> over here, are you calling this a safe space? This is a safe space. Yeah. Right here. I all feel right. safe with you guys. Do you? That's yes. good, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what right? it's all about, man. All We've right. come a long way since that, that uh, bar. At, yeah, at yeah, bar. yeah. I mean, I guess I guess we're just kind of we're kind of getting into this right now. Um, so, uh, Dave, how you feeling, man? Feeling pretty good. All right. Weekend of wild rides. We've got uh, Obi Stillwell in the house with us. Obi, what's happening? Um, so yeah, Obi was mentioning earlier that um, he and I had uh, kind of a. Uh, it was just random, right? Yeah, it's totally random. Um, just uh, you know what? I actually, it's, it wasn't as random as maybe we would think because I purposely, and I'll encourage people to do this. I purposely go to a bar in a fairly upscale restaurant. I don't where is this going? To <laughs> to to make contacts. You know, I, I say, you know, if you kinda wanna go to another level, which I was hoping to do, to be honest with you, it's just kinda kinda stagnant and I mean I like real estate, don't get me wrong, I still do some things in real estate, but this felt like there was another level. So with that being said, you know, if I go, if I'm going to go to, um, and this is no knock on old Charlie's or what have you, but I go to the barn, I'll go to Mitchell's, I'll go to a bar that is kind of a higher up, upscale type of eating place. And because you tend to meet interesting people at mm -hmm. the bar mm -hmm. and that this particular night i end up running into chris and what's your wife's name again cheryl cheryl yeah. I end up running into chris and cheryl and i think chris recognized me from abc6 yeah and then cheryl and i had a whole a ton to talk about just in the aspects of real estate but then when i kind of began to say what i was doing i i said that i think the key thing that i said was i get the most enjoyment out of being what I call a connector. I say I'm a self-proclaimed connector. And Chris's ears just like poked out. They were just like, what? It's like farther, farther than they are already. Yeah. yeah. Farther. <laughs> and uh, he was just yeah. like, really? You know, and I was like, yeah. And you're like, I, what do you mean by that? I was like, I just like connecting people. I like helping people. I said, I, honestly, I just haven't found a way to get paid for it. But I, I, I enjoy doing that. And then that kind of said, hey, you know what? You should meet my partner. Dave and I was like okay cool you know and I mean this was a this is probably this is six months ago right uh, uh, yeah, initial yeah three meeting, to six yeah, right? yeah it was cold I think it was still cold out yeah but you know I, I think the the interesting thing and I mean it, it's it's first of all it's interesting to hear that um, you're kind of deliberate about where you go I mean for Cheryl and I we were just going out in the neighborhood for a drink and yeah. yeah having some having some food but um, I, I always I always tell people that uh, you know, there are pivotal moments in life, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that it's some big event, like a job switch mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, you get married or you have kids. And um, really, those are just the output, I think, of much more subtle events that are even more critical. So, um, you know, I think about meeting you. Like, I, I could have stayed in that night, mm -hmm. right? I could have sat on the other side of the bar. Yep. Um, but for whatever reason, I was sitting there at that moment you came in, and then that little subtlety really kind of turned into, you know, you being here with us today. Yeah. And you're right; it is three to six months later, and um, we we had you down here to kind of just talk with us, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think yeah. we had any sort of agenda, and uh, you know, we got on the topic of 
athletes and you know you got really worked up about that you remember that dave yep and uh and so we thought that was cool and in fact then we started thinking about a business line um based on that conversation and brought you back in and here we are so i mean i i'd love to kind of have you recap kind of what we were talking about back then Um, and why it's important to you well really it was just kind of a, a a um byproduct i believe of what you guys were presenting to me as far as what land it was all about and just doing um doing doing business differently right uh and so getting an understanding of what you were looking to do i was really impressed that you both had been in the corporate uh world and that you were uh, no longer wanting to wear the suit and ties, uh, but you also, at the same time, wanted to still impact people mm-hmm. and impact people in aspects of their employment and helping corporations uh, kind of navigate through the difficulties of finding good people. And I actually had uh, talked to you about a group that I put together called The Breakfast Club mm-hmm. uh, with the gentleman, oh, right, uh, right, right. with a guy named Luke Fetlam. Uh, who is uh, with Porter Wright uh, currently, but he actually, him and I put this group together, and basically this group was to help bridge the gap between uh, former athletes and the business community and kind of help these former athletes transition. And what you all were speaking of of, with Landed, I was like, man, this could be... um, you know, a, some some type of synergy, and I think you you guys probably saw it before me. Mm-hmm. I just was kind of talking, kind of like what you were saying, passionately, because I see that there's a need. There's a need for athletes to transition, especially you know, I, I play football, uh, obviously at Ohio State. Um, I, I I know a, a number of guys who have played in the NFL, and most of the time, that's what people want to hear about. They want to hear about, you know, the Eddie George, the Sean Springs. I played with, you know, Orlando Pace. I was blessed to, to be invited by Orlando Pace to go to his uh, induction into the Hall of Fame, and, and so I was there with him and his family, and it was just a blessing uh, that, that he thought enough of, of me, you know, this uh, this uh, walk-on uh, that from Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, that uh, we had that relationship, and so, you know, people want to hear about that. What they what they tend not to focus on are the guys that are the in between, the guys that may have played at Ohio State, did well at Ohio State, but then they didn't go to the NFL. So what do mm-hmm. they do? Um, and you know, they they go into the job market, and there's some really difficult times in that transition. One because uh, understand, and I'm not just advocating for football. Uh, because you know, I'm 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 willing to, and obviously, Landit's willing to help anybody in any in, in any sport. <clears throat> but football is unique in that football cannot be duplicated after you hang up your cleats. You know, uh, you're not going to go and knock heads with anyone else mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> at that level. Uh, baseball can be duplicated. Uh, basketball, you see charity basketball games. You know, softball, uh, charity softball games. You can go out and golf or what have you football is very unique because it is such a, a intense uh, and physical game uh that once you leave it it's it's gone and it's you're never going to experience that yeah. again uh so there's a different type of transition emotionally uh physically and psychologically that you that you go through and one of the challenges is that being in a position of power in a sense because it's kind of how you are in football you got to be like uh, you got to take it 
Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to your your future and your, your your as far as your job or what have you, you you, you find yourself vulnerable um, because you're not sure which direction to go, and, and probably vulnerable for the first time. Yeah. No, right? absolutely. I, I I think so. You know, you may feel a little bit of vulnerability coming from high school to college. You know, and uh, <clears throat> but after that, it, it is kind of this this after you graduate. It's kind of like what's next. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's asking you, what are you going to do next? And when you don't have a plan, that's I think that's when the vulnerability comes in. Right. Right. And so I I mean that that, that that's interesting. And, and you know, obviously we we've talked extensively, and you um. You know, you know a lot of these guys and, and girls, right? I, yeah. Just just in a variety of sports, and and so just what is that mentally like? I mean, you you left the program. You know a lot of guys who have left the program. You know, some go to the league, some don't. But what is what is that like when all of a sudden now you're not on the biggest stage, right? In yeah. in, in, in in college athletics, and and now you're just in the mix with everybody else. Yeah, because you're unique. A lot of players don't end up in the vehicle that you have where you're still in the public light. People know mm-hmm. you, you're on TV, you know, you're a connector. So you're still in that audience where for a lot of these individuals, they just, they're gone. They disappear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did a lot of that um, preparation, if you will, um, when I was in college. So I, excuse me, I came from a business um family so my father was in the business was in business my father was a community guy I was you know a a preacher's kid Uh, we were always in the community so I was always someone who was going to engage Uh, so when in college I engaged I I you know asked people for their business cards and all that kind of stuff so uh, so with that being said I remember one of the guys that I played with his name's Buster Tillman yeah, we, I remember we, Buster really well. Yeah. I've got a story about the job with him. Okay, so Buster actually uh, came over to my house one time, and I had a big old tub of pictures because I was also known as the guy that took pictures and stuff. And so, you know, guys hated taking pictures a lot of times. You know, it's not like it is now with cell phones and stuff. So I had a little, you know, disposable camera that I take these pictures with, and guys were like, man, Obi, another picture? Here we go, you know. But now they're like, hey, Obi, you got that yeah, one right. picture? You got that one picture when we were here? You got that one picture? I guess, you know, so Buster said something, probably one of the best compliments that he's, he's ever given me. He doesn't give me many. But uh, one of the best compliments he's ever given me was like, he said, Obi, he said, you are one of the ones who got it. And I was like, I just thought about that. He's like, you got it when you, we were there. You understood. He said, you were one of the ones that knew that it wasn't going to last for long. So whatever light we were in, that stage, Chris, that you mm-hmm. spoke about, you know, um, you, you know, it wasn't going to last. And, and that's one thing about it is that the athletic career in college, even in, in professionals, it has a shelf life. Um, your body has a shelf life. You can only perform for so long. And uh, it's hard when that's taken away. Kind of, Chris, get back to your question. That it's, very, it's, it's psychologically challenging uh, when, when that is essentially taken away. Many, I believe it was Chris Carter said, no one uh, leaves football on their own accord. You know, mm-hmm. it's because they don't want you anymore uh, or you can't perform anymore. So it's a lot of psychological things. Well, when you get into business and you, uh, Dave, I've heard you say this many times, your behavioral DNA, and you get that together uh, and understand where you fit from a, a job perspective, 
it's 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 so enlightening. Mm-hmm. It gives you energy. It gives you passion again. It's just like even coming from high school, sometimes players don't know what position is best for them. And that college coach says, you know what, you'll be better at inside linebacker instead of outside. Or, hey, you'll be better at strong safety than you than, than at quarterback. So you see guys switching positions all the time when it comes to athletics. But when it comes to business, um, no one's there to give you that direction and say, hey, you know what, you, you'll be actually be better in IT or you'll be better in engineering. You just, you just kind of talk to like some friends and family and you kind of read some stuff. And, and then biggest thing is just trial and error. So you can work a job for, you know, three to five to six, seven years before you even realize, I don't even want to do this. Yeah, and, and honestly, the advantage for athletes is that, and I heard this from the hiring manager that actually hired Buster Tillman at, when I was at Quest in the mm. mid-90s, um, or late 90s at that point. Buster came in for an interview, again, just like you had mentioned not in the NFL, looking to make a career in Columbus, did not know what he wanted to be. He sat across from me. We talked for probably two hours, just mm-hmm. who are you, what's your identity, et cetera. And after speaking with him, I felt like, you know, there's a role here for you somewhere, and I know the right person. So I walked down the hall. I got one of the VPs, Phil Bronson. He's actually the CTO at the Columbus Collaboratory now. Wow. Um, and uh, Phil walked in and said, you know, Dave just told me a little bit of your story. Uh, you don't know this, but you've been interviewing with for me for the last four years. And Buster went, what do you mean? He goes, well, unlike a lot of people, I've watched you play football for 40 plus games. Yeah, I've, heard, I've read the articles about your work ethic in a practice. I've watched how you've competed. I know more yeah. about you than I would if somebody walked in today for 45 minutes for an interview. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of athletes don't understand that they're That's already good, being interviewed yeah. on the field based on their behavioral DNA and yeah. how they approach the game. And so he said, you have no background in anything that we do, but I'm going to hire you and take a chance on you because I think I can train you. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. And that's a great perspective, and I've never thought about it like that. I, I love that. I love that paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, you, you do find yourself man, hoping that someone will take a chance on you, kind of like that. Uh, and uh, But, you know, with here at Landed, I think with the Landed athlete, to be able to put something together that specifically caters to that transition mm-hmm. and has the sensitivity of knowing the difficult the road that's ahead when it comes to that transition, uh, I think it's it's going to be huge. I'm I'm excited about p- putting the program together. I'm excited about what the program is going to offer, and I think it's going to alleviate a lot of frustration. Yeah. But also, is uh, another side of it that I thought about even most recently. I think it's going to open up another avenue when it comes to recruiting. I think it's going to be something that colleges look to have in the aspects of recruiting new players because it's going to be something that parents Mm -hmm. are going to want to know that that college has in place. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a a part of the value prop, right? So, you know, even universities like Ohio State, um, and I know Urban figured that out with, uh, what is it, Real Life Wednesdays, Wednesdays, right? So um, they've already taken a step in that direction to really start preparing athletes um, across the university for the next phase of life, which is great. Um, But there are a heck of a lot of universities out there that either don't have the funds or they're not doing it. And what a great, like if I'm out recruiting, Right. Mm -hmm. For any university, for any sport, what a cool part of your value prop to say, hey, guess what? We're here for you after sports. Right. It's not just you come here, 
you help us win championships. It's, hey, we also care about you as a human being and an individual and your transition into the next phase. So, so check this out. Mickey, Mickey Coach Mickey uh, Marotti, who mm-hmm. is the strength and yep. conditioning coach at Ohio State. Yeah, the best. Okay. So, yeah, one, one of the best, right? So I look at, uh, at Landon Athlete as something somewhat similar to, the, to this because when it comes to um, Real Life Wednesday, Real Life Wednesday is somewhat like kind of like what I grew up with. Um, and Coach Kennedy, strength and conditioning coach, was a great mm-hmm. strength and conditioning coach. But he gave a program that basically um, catered to the, the entire team. Um, this was the workout they printed out, and it was it, it would cater a little bit to offensive linemen or linebackers, wide receiver. It would it would change a little bit based off of your position. Um, and I think that when it comes to Real Life Wednesday, I think they're doing a great job with the conversation and putting people in a position to be successful. But I think the next level, if I could compare it to what Mickey Coach Mickey Marotti is doing, compared to what Coach. Kennedy did is that Marathi, Coach Mickey, he actually has your program in your eating, in your nutrition to specifically that caters to you. Right. So, like, for example, and I think of many I think this might even went viral with Josh Perry when he came in from high school. Oh, that picture? Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it, yeah. The yeah. picture that, that you saw when he was in high school at, I think, maybe 215 pounds or something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely heavy. Yeah. Right. To a senior year. He was 245. Oh, yeah. He's like, chiseled. He's like granite. Yeah. yeah chiseled up. Yeah, right? unbelievable. Well, that was something that was catered specifically to him. I remember uh, Ryan Shazier, uh, when he was going from high, from college to, uh, to, to to pros, and I remember he put on 15 pounds. And I used to speak with his dad often. And he put on 15 pounds of muscle, right? Sheesh. Well, it totally changed his eating, totally changed his, his diet, and his workout regimen was very catered specific to him. Mm-hmm. That's the difference with Landon Athlete. I respect what Real, Real Life Wednesday's doing at Ohio State because they're bringing up the conversation. They have uh, fairs, you know, job fairs, all that kind of stuff. They even have some different um, aspects of, of uh, job, job services, yep. career yep. services. They have that. But to really slice it down and have it very specific and catered to each individual, they don't have that yet. So what I think Obi's Mm -hmm. parlaying this conversation into is, you know, here at Landon, one of our key um, methodologies is product marketing and creating marketing campaigns. So if I'm hearing you correct, it's taking a broad stroke, which is no knock on Ohio State. They're one of the few that even do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to take that and then say, okay, how do we create individual campaigns for each athlete so yeah. that they can now, quote unquote, go to market with a hiring campaign as they become a graduate at Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's 100%. exactly it because, you know, in our methodology, it starts with, and we did that, this was our last podcast with uh, Beth Thomas um, over at Change for Growth, but it starts with what's your purpose and passion in life. That's where that conversation starts. And of course, everybody's going to come at that differently, but we help to build a campaign that starts there. All right. Because that, that then leads to, okay, well, these are the kind of jobs based on your purpose and passion um, that would make sense for you. Right. Right. And, um, and then here's how you now build out your job search campaign, build all your marketing materials Mm -hmm. that really speak to hiring managers for those types of roles and, and absolutely illuminates um, what makes you different. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah and, and guys, I love the conversation we're having about this. But at the same time, I also, while it's really cool and it's, it's unique as to what we're delivering, it's still somewhat reactive. Um, I'd love to even talk about getting ahead of that and the proactive state so that these types of conversations are being nurtured earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, as you guys know, I've got an AAU basketball program. I've got this past weekend, 55 of my guys or my 2020 guys are done with our program, been with me for nine years. And they're about to transition next year into college. Well, we've had a lot of conversations as parents around how do we help these guys pick the right degree right. as they go into college as athletes so that as they're mm -hmm. pursuing their athletic path and they're also you know, learning about what they want to be when they grow up, which it'll pivot from time to time, but then to be able to come out and have those guys already socialize in the idea that there's now going to be the next layer to this, which is what Landed would offer to help athletes continue on with that mindset. Yeah. For me, selfishly, I would love it because it would keep me connected to my players. But I think for, you know, holistically, it'd be great to even have this conversation prior to these individuals getting to college. Yeah, and you know what, too? It's, it's, I, I, I think that's a, a strong point. Uh, I, I would also challenge even some of the individuals that are listening to uh, this, this podcast, man, is that to talk to your kids about what they want. And I think one of the things that is so challenging for us and sometimes it's ridicule is is to have self-thought about you like what is passionate for you and sometimes that's what ends it puts you in these dead-end jobs Correct. man that you just can't stand and, and because you, you you it takes you a while to be comfortable with saying you know what i like that yeah you know i'm okay with that like like there's a point in our and i know kind of it's just a just a different little paradigm that I'm the kind of path I'm going down. But you know, there's a point in time in our in our lives where if you reach for the biggest ice cream cone, it's totally acceptable. It's okay to want the biggest ice cream cone. And then there's a point in your life where when you reach for the biggest ice cream cone, you're you're, you're slapped on the hand. You're like you're greedy. You always want the biggest thing. You always want the shiniest thing. Well, why is that? You know, why do we why do we do that? Why why is that a bad thing? And I so I think we end up kind of retraining these kids out here to not want the best, to not want the biggest ice cream cone. You want take the take one scoop. Don't take why are you gonna take two? Because then you're greedy. It's like no. So now you gotta retrain these people like what's your passion? What do you love to do? And this is different than what you volunteer to help with from a society standpoint, like you can be a good community person, right? Yep. And get in, be involved in, in your community, but that has nothing to do with what you're passionate for, for your job. So I think there's a paradigm switch that we really have to get these kids to, to, to kind of rethink that, that say, hey, have passion, yet also have um, a commitment towards humanity and love and all and kind of create a, a separation in that so they can really focus on hey what am i good at and then also what am i passionate with too so, so I, I gotta ask the question something tells me you've never missed the biggest ice cream cone I, I you know what i have never and what, what flavor always, what flavor was it I, you know what i always uh <laughs> what the, what the, i, I kind of like that cotton candy man to be honest with you yeah uh but uh but yeah no you, you you're right but i i had to read rethink a lot of that sure. man and you know just uh well, well you're just your son and my son are both going to the about to go through the process right yeah um, yeah both athletes you know, wanting to go into to college to pursue um 
have you had the conversation with your son? I know when I've asked mine and I've, I, I do this for a living and I've asked, so what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. And then I go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know if, uh, and I should be asking the next questions and we started to get there, but I'm not sure every parent's equipped or the, is the, is the athlete themselves or student athlete equipped to go, how do we have this conversation? Right. Yeah. You know what? I know my son's talked about doing some things with, uh, with, with kids and, and, and psychology and all that kind of stuff. So I know, you know, but you know, the pathway to get there, you know, how to, to, to get him to, you know, to uh, think bigger. To get, yeah, to think big and to get where he wants to go. You know, that's going to be a process because kind of like what you said before, it pivots, right? You know, um, I, I wanted to be a judge, you know, when I first got it, you know, went into college and, and I ended up graduating a degree in criminology. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, uh, I kind of wish that uh, I would have did something actually more into um, – uh, you know, business development and real estate, to be honest with you, when right. I look back at it. Right. Well, I, you know what, though? I mean, I don't think we figured out really what we wanted to do until later in our careers. I mean, I, it, I think the most important thing is that you figure it out because yeah. I know so many people who don't and, yeah. and they spend their lives yeah. in a job that is just a job. Yeah, Chris, can I add on to that real yeah, quick? Sure. I think you the important that you figure it out but i think it's even more important that you surround yourself around people that will help you yeah, figure agreed. it out yeah agree yeah. yeah i totally agree so hey i i have one question then so um you know when athletes are recruited to um universities I, I, how much of their time is spent on that sport thinking about the sport um practice right? right watching film um i mean what percentage i mean it has to be an astronomical amount of their their time yeah i, I mean it is i mean you talk about schoolwork. I, i'll tell you this it's not as much time on schoolwork as it is in, on, on the sport yeah you know because you do you have practice you have mm -hmm. film um you have film before practice you have film after practice you know if you really you know digging in you're going to come in you know on your off time right, right. To, to study film um and i know chris spillman he was one that was study film a lot he oh, talks yeah. a lot about how how much he studied film and and all the all the great ones do and but uh it it, it is man it's a lot of time it's a lot of um you know, not, if you're not working out, if you're not, you know, if you're not working out, you're at practice. If you're not at practice, yeah. you're at film, you yeah. know. Uh, so it, it, it's, a, it's a huge commitment and yeah. a lot of dedication. Yeah, but I, see, now I get it, though, because, you know, in order to figure out what you want to do and what you love to do and the direction you should go, I mean, that that's not something that is done lightly. I mean, that that is a process. You You have to think that through thoroughly. You have to... You have to get out there and talk to people who are maybe in some of these fields that um, are interesting to you. And I've got to think that a lot of these athletes are spending a tremendous amount of time um, dedicating uh, dedicated to their sport and maybe not enough time thinking about what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. And that, I think that's the beautiful thing about Landon. And if we can create, and I know, Dave, this is, you, I say, always give you credit for this because it's the first time I ever heard of uh, behavioral DNA. I think if we can put that into a, a nice little <clears throat> edible form, 
uh, edible package where they can take an assessment and and give them some direction when it comes to their their behavioral DNA. That's I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, a lot of these athletes are trying to figure it out. Right. They really are. I mean, right. they're all into their sports and all that kind of stuff, but they also know that it has a shelf life. Yep. So they're wanting to get some well, direction. Yeah. They just haven't. And there are it. there are some of those assessments out there. I I, I think. But are they connected to it's, it's, the end result? It's the though? bigger conversation. It's the conversation so it's, that I think is critical. Right here, I'll give you some some examples of how you connect. So you mentioned Chris Spielman watching film. So right there, that's an individual if the, who, if he had taken an assessment back in the 80s, he would have learned that he's a learner. Like he needs to learn. I mean, we know he's competitive. He would mm-hmm. run through a brick wall. But then you've got somebody who's in the, the first guy in the gym. That's somebody who's got a high drive for results. Mm-hmm. You've got an individual who's the person on the team that just keeps everybody loose. Right? They're the, they're the connector. Right? They're mm-hmm. the hey. This guy, this guy, they're, they're, they're down. How do we motivate them? There's the leader. On the t- you can help them have that conversation and understand their behavioral DNA right. yeah. and how they can start to act and activate that behavioral DNA yeah. in their, their, them being an athlete right then right. and there. Yeah, right. in I mean, their, in their right now lives. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why I'm saying it shouldn't wait. Like, that's why I was trying to bring up earlier. Yeah. yeah. This, it's great what we're talking about, but it's still a proact or a reactive situation. I think we, if we can get ahead of it, yeah, it'd be even better. Yeah, because you know, I, I I remember back in college, right? I mean, you just I, you, you didn't dedicate a lot of time thinking about that. You just kind of went about your business and you did what you did. And and the reality is, when you have that conversation with somebody and you ask them, just say, look, what do you love to do? Like, what what gets you out of bed in the morning? And on the mm-hmm. flip side of that, what just drains your energy? Because that's also really important to know. But but it is, you know, there are assessments that help support the discussion. But I agree with Dave. When you have that conversation with people, you can get to it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the other question is, you know, what are you known for? Like, like, like if you were to walk in the door, I'm sorry, if if Obi, the, the product was to be put on the table in front of a group of his peers, what would they say about it? How would they describe it? And so, you know, what's your brand? Um, so that's those kind of discussions are critical in really yeah. figuring out the path that you want to take. But it's you have to have them, and it's and it's a journey, yeah. right? You yeah. have to figure it out. I agree. I agree. It's so interesting too because sometimes uh, people um, you you talk to some of the younger people, and they're like they're literally not sure what questions to ask, you know. And I think that uh, this this what land landed does is it gives you ammunition to ask the right questions mm-hmm. you know um because because we ask the right questions and so and i like the aspect that that we also prepare them for their interview you know so we're not going to just send them into some interview right. code uh we'll actually prepare them and get them ready um right. for that particular industry and have them have them sharp right right you know? and and we leverage our ai crystal nose tool as well to help them get prepared um, so, uh, at any rate, listen, I know we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our, our 30 minutes. So, uh, Obi, first of all, um, just really glad that I was sitting next to you at the barn, <laughs> right? Um, and, uh, glad you're here and, and, uh, part of the landed team. And, you know, I, I gotta tell you, Dave and I, when we, when we kind of made up our minds, I know we've told you this, but our listeners probably get a kick out of it. But, uh, um, you know, when we were trying to figure out, okay, Hey, do we ask Obi to kind of come on as a, a partner with us? Um, the kicker for us, we were all out to uh, to lunch <laughs> at Cap City. I know where this is going. And, yeah, yeah. So um, I haven't heard this. Yeah, you've heard oh. this. So, so Obi, Obi, you played on the defensive line, right, in college? I played linebacker. You played linebacker. Okay, yeah. <laughs> middle linebacker. Yeah. Okay. So you know, pretty big dude. 
Um, so we're sitting at we're sitting at lunch, and the smallest little caterpillar goes, you know, oh. crawling in front of Obi <laughs> on the table. And you know, you got yeah, one or two things we're you outside. can do with that. We're, yeah, outside. we're outside. Okay, yeah. You, you, no, it wasn't you, inside. A, a lot of people would just smash it, <laughs> right? And so, what does Obi do? He reaches for a, a packet, packet of sweet and low, <laughs> and and he uses it as a scoop, and he scoops up the caterpillar and then he moves the caterpillar over to a flower pot <laughs> I, this big imagine that middle linebacker size dude just did that to the smallest the little caterpillar giant. and and literally when we walked out of there both dave and i said that's all we need to see we're good wow um, and <laughs> so funny. uh we're like if he can move caterpillars he can move mountains and, and in fact we we are going to start introducing a caterpillar into every interview we do with potential <laughs> see what people partners do. uh here at landed we're just, just going to have a whole we're going to have a whole we're going to raise them in the back right. we're just going to release and if you squash right. it you're out that's right. part of our process the evolution <laughs> yeah. of your hiring right. Right. Like a butterfly man, you known, man. all right well you never know man hey, hey listen man every Every moment of your life is an interview, yeah. whether you know it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and I think you, you guys, I, I honestly, uh, I get goosebumps when I talk about landed. I think I get goosebumps when I talk about um, the opportunity and how how blessed and fortunate I am that you guys asked me to to be partners uh, in this. I, I honestly think that I'll look back and 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 uh, without without a doubt, I'll know that this actually saved my life, you know, and, and when I say that, I'm, I'm being serious because it's, you know, if you don't have something that you're passionate for, man, it's, it's hard, it's, it's hard sometimes, it's, it's rough, you know, and I, I was looking for something to, to be passionate about, you know, something, I, I woke up even this morning, man, I woke up at five o'clock this morning, and, uh, and I thought about land it. I, I, I did. Yeah, and, and, and it was like, I love Mondays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was just so cool to like have something to dream about, to, to think about. And, um, so I, you know, I, I, hundred percent, man, I, I appreciate this opportunity. All right. You got it, man. We're all in the same boat together. All right. Obi Stillwell. Thank you, Dave. Thanks. Hope you feel better. Thanks guys. And, yeah, uh, thanks. we're out. <laughs>